For the benefit of the producer, please state your full name, rank and serial number. I'm Gavin Maholland. I run DKK, Daigaku Karate Kai Goju, with uh, Dan Lewis. Yeah, running it out of London. Hi, this is Mick Tully, and you're listening to Mixed Martial Arts. On today's episode of Mick Tully's award-winning now, I have to tell you, Gavin, right? award-winning mixed martial arts podcast i've got a guy that i've been after for ages simply because he's one of the only karateka that i've seen for a long time that uh fascinates me and excites me with the way that you look at the art and teach it and your outlook on it so thanks for coming on the show and we're going to start right at the beginning when did you start martial arts yeah. okay so uh belfast boy originally really belfast family yeah long time out wow four brothers so my dad was an instructor in the military, so I've been training since I was like four. We all have, we moved school a lot with the military, so there's lots of little trouble on the way. Uh, so sort of forever. <laughs> sort of forever. Yeah. Jesus. I don't remember a time when we didn't train. Well, there's, do you know what? There's, there's, there's badass origin stories, like, you know, like Logan's origin story, you know. Yeah, Cyclops, not that much. Batman, very much so. <laughs> but like... Your father being a military instructor in Belfast, in what year? So this would have been late 60s. We left early 70s. Well, yeah, because yeah, Belfast was like, it, it was a fun park then, right? Yeah, there wasn't yeah. much going on, was it? Mm. That was, that exactly, was yeah. tough. So man. we were from Shankill, Shankill Road. Really? And uh, my dad had Catholic friends, and which he wouldn't give up. Right. Uh, and, uh, and that led to some problems and stuff. So that was all mixed, mixed in there. But we moved from Belfast to Scotland to Southern England, and I wouldn't like to have done it the other way around. No, no. Well, I, <laughs> well, I actually, we, we, moved, we moved from Coventry to Cavern, County Cavern on the border, yeah. to Bel- uh, to uh, Dublin, and then moved back, you know, when I was 10, to Coventry. And it amuses me now, because everyone listens to Conor McGregor and Colin Farrell's accents, and they go, it's yeah. great. And I didn't get that sort no, of... No, <laughs> no, it wasn't always great. No, no. Did you, did you have the Belfast accent? Or yeah, what? yeah, well, well, I think we learned to lose them quick, if I'm honest, because uh, we might move to Scotland. So we moved around a lot, and then we were in Scotland five years. And stuff. So yeah, we, when I came to England, I had a Scottish accent. Wow. So we've got, oh, like I said, there's four brothers, and we've all got different accents depending where we jump ship. And what if you don't want me just with your with your dad? Uh, he he was an instructor. He was an unarmed combat instructor, and and he used to, he did stuff like he he canoed sideways across Ireland. You know, the, the the breadth of Ireland in a canoe he made himself. And really? So he did that sort of stuff where so he'd carry it over the bit. So. Like when we were kids, when we when we moved kind of quite rural Scotland, um, he took us out and, uh, and he made sure we knew how to make a bivouac. This, this is this is bizarre these days, but he took us out to make a bivouac and stuff, and and then he would take us out into the forest and he'd leave us there and he'd come back in the morning. No way! Yeah, so and my mum would be like, George, where's the children? And he'd just go, ah. <laughs> but like, what was, was it that? Ja- a couple of years ago, didn't a Japanese businessman do that with an errant child? He, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He got, he got into loads of trouble with it in Japan. He was like, no, I'll teach you. You, you want to be independent? I'll teach yeah, you. Yeah. So when the zombie apocalypse comes, you are the man. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah? Yeah, I'm yeah. good. Uh, there's, a, there's a comedian in America called Bill Burr. I don't know if you've ever heard him. If you, if you haven't, you'd love him. He's really, really good. It's like, uh, he was talking about uh, you know, a post-apocalyptic preppers and guys like that, yeah, you know. Yeah. And he said... 
I really admire these guys. You know, they understand how to shoot any gun. They know how to make, you know, like proper MacGyver type characters. And he goes, me, if I was doing that, I'd just be growing zucchini for the biggest guy on the block. <laughs> yeah. And I, yeah, I really like that idea, you know? So the beauty of doing podcasts is because I'm a very nosy person, like by my very nature, but you get to ask questions that you can't normally do in polite conversation, which yeah. is great. What was your dad's training? Was it J- Japanese? based or Fairburn and uh, Well, you know, he set up a, a, a club in, it, it, he set up this club called the Kenchokai, which I believe still exists, possibly up in Limavady, which is the very north. I know Limavady, yeah. Very north. There's a club yeah. there called the Kenchokai, which he set up with a guy called Bill Norris, who was, uh, he was Ian Paisley's bodyguard, actually. Who's? Bill, Ian Paisley's bodyguard. No way. And, uh, and together they set up this club in uh, in the Kenchokai, which is mostly judo, and, with a bit, and it was a bit of a, a forces civilian uh, crossover and it, yeah. it had Protestants and Catholics and all training at the same time that kind of uh, ingrained a lot in us about uh, about acceptance for people and, and he wouldn't have any nonsense because you know four boys grew up in the shankle you're going to be in the troubles there's, yeah, no, yeah. there's no way out and, uh, and he made sure that we weren't having any of that well it's bizarre yeah I'm married to a Protestant girl I am we've been together 28 years yeah. and, you know, my mum and dad yeah, oh, Jesus I had to, we had to sign like it was like a papal edict when we had our first child. Uh, no, well, how about this for being a bad Catholic? We got married, but I didn't tell the priest that we already had a two-year-old son. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, I, I, I was biggest trailblazer in our family ever. But uh, yeah, we had to sign this thing that said if we had children, we had to bring them up as Catholics. Yeah. My wife being a Protestant, it was crazy, it was crazy. So how did you get into karate then? I mean, still, you talk about attitude to me. To me, a style... Any style, it's just because when we, I might be jumping forward a bit, but we, we took no, karate into the cage about seven, eight years ago. But this was the, that was the thing that so we, first we, we can get there, so we can talk about it. But and people are saying, but that doesn't look like karate, and and of course it doesn't because all the fight looks the same. All a style is is a difference of opinion on how to train people to do the same thing. It's just the same thing. A punch is always going to be a punch. There isn't any other way to do it. There's Are you sure so you're not Bruce Lee? There is so many. <laughs> there isn't any other way to break. There's only so many words to punch, break, bend, choke. It's all the same stuff. Yes. A style is an opinion of how to train people to do that. So what happened was I was I was down in... I, I saw when I, when I saw a guy called Kim Roberts and, and Dave Arnold, they did a demo on Goju. I saw when I was about 17. And, uh, and it went wrong. They were doing it. I was on the Isle of Wight and Mick Lambert and stuff were over there yeah. at the time. And, and uh, they were doing this thing where they had, uh, they were going to hit each other with chairs and stuff. And, and it went wrong, right? And, 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 and he hit him with a chair. And, and uh, Kim just lost it and they just beat shit out of each other. Right. And lay on the floor laughing. And I, knew, I thought, and then Mick Lambert punched a paving slab into. Wow. Like a street. And I thought, I, I want to do that. So I went up to talk to Kim and he wouldn't talk to me. He just he just turned his back and walked. But Dave wow. was the friendlier of the two. But yeah. he taught on the Isle of Wight and, and Kim was in Santa at the time. Uh, so I ended up signing with Kim and not speaking to him until I was about brown belt. Was he sort of like, did he have that Japanese mentality? Yeah, was he that, did, yeah. Did he? he? He totally did. And, and there was other people that talked to him, but I never wanted it. I see, because I, I hated him, if I'm honest. Really? <laughs> Couldn't stand him. And, and, uh, and I thought he was trying to, trying to get me out. Right. Whereas actually, like, I can see actually he was just uh, straightening yeah. me out a bit. Yeah, you see this, it's funny because I trained years ago with Kanazawa. And I, I, I thought the same. I, I was like, why, why is this guy not talking to me? And then when I, I was doing the Gakazuki, so I'm just standing there and I'm, I'm in my stance and I've got this Gaku out and every time I'm doing it. And 
I'm thinking, you know, is there not enough Kime? What, what is his problem here? And he's there and he's moving my hand across by an inch and then he's moving it across again by another. And I'm thinking that was where it was a minute ago, you know? And I was thinking, is he gilding the lily, is it? And it was like, no, he just wants to see how far he can piss you off before yeah. we, uh, have you got the, like the testicular fortitude just to go, right, okay, this is the price I pay yeah. for dealing with this guy. It's Because it, it's funny you said that because... <laughs> Not so much now with the modern day Japanese guys, but that generation, they did believe the divine win thing, you know, yeah. that was it. That must have been a bit of a culture shock from a boy who'd been around the block and then gone into that. Did, yeah. did that appeal to you or? It, it did, and I, I turn up to spite him, and I seem to realise it's probably more me than him, but it did, I wasn't going to be beaten by Kim. But I actually think it probably came more from me than, than it did him, he probably didn't even notice me there, you know. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's, but he's a, he's a harsh guy. And he's still my teacher now today. Is he? Yeah, he is, and, he, and uh, he's a harsh man. From uh, that's the way he was brought. And up. The, some of the like real like luminaries of like Goju, like Steve Morris, and characters, you know, like yeah. Yamaguchi. Like me personally, I you know, it was only when I started seeing footage of Steve Morris, and then started reading stuff about Gary Spears, who was another yeah. Goju guy. And then that was it. I was like, wow, these guys can really go. So, you know, what was your thoughts on, you know, some of those guys, or say, like Yamaguchi? Well, we were, we were um, three or four years with Steve Morris. Really? Yeah. Yeah, because uh, he's, he's the nearest thing that I've seen in karate, you know, to especially some of the Jun Fan stuff that Bruce Lee was doing, the hitting on the half beat and everything, which, I, bear in mind, I have seen... I've seen some of your stuff and it I, I can see where that now where that influence is you know because especially when you were saying about when you had you know putting guys in the cage I when I first when I first looked at it I was thinking to myself it's just going to be some fucking smashing game and then obviously the more more now looking back on it and I now think more it was more Machida than anything else there was mm. some good Taisabaki in there well we're, we're kind of lucky and go and Steve Morris is the only thing I won't talk about no no it's not a problem it's only because he just disassociated himself clearly from cry. He doesn't like to talk about it. He doesn't like himself talked about it in that space, and I respect that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. But uh, the, the cage stuff was really interesting because they hated and, and the fact that we did karate. They hated it from day one. That's why I was a bit of a fan, if you want to know the truth. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I, I really wanted it to work. Yeah. Yeah, I really, really wanted it to so, work. Like, like in the early stuff with, with Big Neil, Neil Grove, we'd go down and he wanted to wear his gi and his black belt. And I said, look, you don't have to. You're not representing anything but yourself. You're not representing me. You're not representing Goju. You're not representing karate. You know, you don't have to do that. And he said, oh, don't I'm wearing it. So that was good. So we would go down in gis and, and they would not announce his karate. Neil's first fight background in MMA. They would not really? announce his karate. We would go down in gis. We would bow into the cage. And all my guys were on strict instructions not to smack top. They would go up to the guy bow to him knock him out bow to him again and awesome. we would bow on the exit on yeah. the page and they didn't like it they didn't like that they want the smack talk because it's a show I'd yeah of course it, it sells tickets yeah because yeah. like, you know you look at Conor McGregor oh well Conor McGregor beat Floyd Mayweather is, is he the best in the division uh, is he the best in the world sorry he's not even the best in his division he's great at selling tickets he, he's, he is the best as far as I'm concerned because he's going to get that billion dollar fight that's what he wants he's but what I like about Conor McGregor is he isn't even hiding it. No. He would agree with you if you sat here. He'd say, yeah, no, I'm not. But I'm going to make more money than everyone. Well, he's, it, there's a thing right now at the moment. I'm going to give him a shout out now. Gareth A. Davis. I know you're listening, right? I don't know if you know Gareth. Gareth's one of the... He's, he's literally... He's easily, for me, the best 
boxing. Mm-hmm. I'll stick up on Facebook for you. Easily the best boxing and MMA pundit you got out there. Writes for the Independent. Writes for the mm-hmm. yeah. This guy does it for a living. Yeah, he's unbelievable. And Gareth's the guy who's fed him the lion, and he's just said, "So Connor, how do you think you're going to do about Floyd?" And literally, I swear to God, it is verbatim the same script Ali did about. I'm going to shock the world I'm going to shock boxing I'm going to do this you better believe it and I'm like that is Muhammad Ali with an Irish accent and he's and and then when you speak to Connor Connor's like yeah that's that's all I am yeah he's not for anybody really you know but he's been really really smart yeah really smart yeah yeah so back to back to the MMA what got you in there was it to was it to prove karate so uh, there's a bit of that going on back see back when uh, I was at UFC 3 I think in Carolina, maybe it's four, I can't remember, but I was out there with, with Nick Hughes. Do you know Nick Hughes? Yes, I know, big Nick Hughes, yeah. Yeah, so he was out there with him. Now, that's a name from the past. He's still going strong, oh, but yeah, yeah, he, he, used is, to, yeah. he used to be very, very active on all the forums back in the yeah, day yeah. and so, stuff. So he's, he's a teacher of mine, isn't Nick? And he's a right. sergeant, in the Legion, sergeant from the Legion, a French Foreign Legion yes. sergeant. He's six foot eight, he's 22 stone, yeah, he's just a beast. Of a man. Anyway, I was out there with, with him, and he said, there's, there's this tournament, do you want to see we go along and so we went and had a look and it was the UFC as it happened um, but at that time there had been a lot of and we'd been fighting sort of we'd been doing some sort of no rules fighting under uh, what was it called MFS it was called Modern Fighting Systems and and we'd been doing some fighting down around the Isle of Wight stuff on the no rules stuff and uh, it, it's like all these things it's like the rise of the right wing now you know dust doesn't happen in one place it happens all around the world at the same time so there is yes. happening now and it was the same the, 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 the people fighting was, was, become, was poxing up all around the place, all around the world. And, and the ones that put it on the stage were the Gracies and the UFC. But yes. there were lots of people fighting under those banners. Yeah, they, the they, used, to go, they used to call it a tough man competition. Tough that, man competition, yeah, yeah, yeah. today, you know, yeah. no rules. It was all the same stuff. So they didn't invent it, but they did get it on stage. Yeah. Quick and and that's how it came. Out. So, ironically, ironically, you know the the whole history of that is it was only ever going to be an infomercial for Gracie yeah, Jiu-Jitsu. Absolutely. They, absolutely. They, 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 it was never going to be a sport. No. What happened was Big Neil Grove. He he wanted to do a fight. He wanted to test himself, and uh, and he said, "Look, I want to do this." And I said, "Okay, well, if you want to do it, let's 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 do it." It was Neil Goliath Grove, wasn't yeah, it? That yeah, was yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. So what happened was uh, well, he did a couple of fights, and then you know, it is what it is, and uh, he won them. And, uh, and we were trying to get him into the undercard for Cage Rage at the time. Wow. Anyway, so that was on the card. Anyway, he gets a call. We get a call on Thursday night. And it was James Thompson. Do you know James Yeah, Thompson? I know. Yes. So he was supposed to be fighting at Wembley and his opponent pulled out. So they gave us a call. I, I, I interviewed James. Uh, right. He's Colossus. Yeah, well, he, yeah, he's one of the funniest men you'll ever meet on yeah. the planet. And he's easily one of the most brutally honest... Uh, James, if you're listening, you know I love you, dude. He's like just like a big man child, and what he'll do, he tells you exactly how he feels. Mm. So he he's just, uh, do you know what? For me, he's one of the unsung heroes. And he and do you know what? That guy's got balls the size of the moon. Yeah, because no, he'll fight anyone. He will, yeah. But yeah, he fought Fedor's brother. And yeah. Fedor's brother is like a, he's like a baddie out of a Stallone movie, <laughs> you know. And then you're like, you look really scary, and you go, you know, he's an enforcer for like he's an enforcer for the Russian mob. Yeah. And you're like, you're a guy from like Gloucester. What, what, are, you, what are you doing? Why are you fighting him? So he, he, did he so, have a tilt with him? Yeah. Yeah. So we got a call Thursday night, and, and uh, Neil said, "Look, should I take this fight it's in Wembley?" And he's, he's had two fights in one, but they're just you know local 
pub fight, supposedly. Yeah. Cage, but, you know, in a pub. And, and I said, no, you shouldn't take it now. He goes, I want it. I said, you shouldn't take it. He says, I want it. I said, all right, let's do it. So I actually said to him, look, one of the reasons I can't do it is I can't be there. You know, I was in the band. I'm in a band with my brothers called The Watch Natchez. Do you and know what? I missed you last time you were here. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, we were playing a weird rehearsal or something. So I wasn't going to be here. So I said, look, no, I'll do it. Okay. Anyway, so I'm down there in rehearsal, attacking with my brothers, and it's the day of the fight, etc. And my brother Gary just turns to me and says, Look, mate, just fuck off. Take yeah. my car and go. I said, All right. So I jump in his car, just bomb up, bomb up the M3, uh, get to Wembley, get in there in time for Neil's fight. Neil says to me, He goes, Right, what I'm going to do is I'm going to sort of just weather the first round, and then I'll take it. I said, No, 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 you're not. You're doing gigs our day each, our first cutter. Giggas Idaich, attack and smash number one. Now, what that is as a kata is straight down the pipe. Right. Because a kata is a, a period of training, not a series of moves. It's a period of training. Giggas Idaich, attack and smash number one. That's what you're doing. I said, you're crossing that cage like he's got your baby. And that's what he did. <laughs> and, and if you watch the fight. Yeah, I know it, yeah. It goes from, it doesn't look pretty. But, but, do you know what? It's funny you're saying this because. You know, James was well, he was famous. That he, you know, as you said about some of the freak show fights, uh, James was famous in Japan for the Gongan Rush. As yeah. soon as boom, it hit, he was at, and he'd run. Yeah, and uh, he knew that when I asked him why, he said, Because I'm not very good. And I was like, What? Yeah. And he said, Yeah, I'm not a very good fighter. And I, really? And he went, Yeah, so what I'd do is I'd just, I'd, I'd see if I can knock him out first three or four shots. And I said, What happened there? He goes, Well, I'll figure it out then. And you're like, you yeah. really haven't. I, I felt for James in that because you know he had everything to lose and Neil had nothing. We were, Neil was brought in as a big guy to be knocked out. Yeah. So because the tickets had been sold. Anyway, so Neil knocked him out in ten seconds. I think it was. Yeah, yeah, him. it was a shot. Oxygen into the cage, you know, and all that. Yeah, so that that kicked Neil off, and then we had other people follow him, and yeah, yeah did really really good. You were the only guy I saw at the time, especially in the UK, who didn't hide away because there was a lot of guys who were supposed to be, you know, they were supposed to be karatekas. Yeah, and tough, and I mean like super tough men. And I was thinking, well, this UFC looks like you get chicks, girls, yeah, money, yeah. cars, I'm not in there. yeah. And why aren't you in there? Because this is the sort of thing that you guys seem to yeah. tell me you like. So there was a little bit of that. Yeah, it did go in. We're in it. primarily we want the guys went to test themselves, which is yeah. why we bow in there because without those guys fighting us at that level, I can't test myself. Yes. that's why I bow to the guy that I'm going to fight because it's not a fight; it's yeah. still a sport. Yeah, I know it's the, it doesn't sell tickets, but it is, and and I can't push myself to that level without somebody else willing to do that for me. Yeah, uh, and so there was a bit. So the first time we walked down in, in Geese, you know, people laughed when we walked down in Geese. <laughs> Second time they didn't laugh, and yeah, you know, we got a lot of respect from the people running it and, and the crowds, and they they were into it, and they didn't laugh anymore. And I think, I think from our first twenty professional fights across five fighters, I think our record was sixteen wins, mostly by knockout. Wicked. Yeah. Well, you see, this is this is gonna. I'm gonna ask you now, right? Because there's certain martial arts that you know, like Wing Chun's one of my favourites, which is. Uh, I've got some great friends who, te- who, who, who train in Wing Chun who are awesome at Wing Chun but they'll, they'll say we've got anti-grappling and I'm like I don't really uh, anti-getting into the range where grappling might exist I, I, but that's a bit of a mouthful but anti-grappling I don't know that's like anti-swimming it's a bit like having your ACAT guns on the coast you know, yes. they're all well and good but we needed the the RAF to send some uh, Spitfires up there didn't we yeah exactly that it's like the one thing we are now getting back to it with uh, MMA especially which is 
that everything everything is everything is cyclical everything goes in a cycle so first of all the, the ground fighters the ground fighters who can weather the storm bear in mind UFC one two three four five you know there's a reason why Eric Paulson wasn't allowed to fight in UFC three because history would have been rewritten completely different yeah because Eric Paulson against Royce Gracie I'll have my money on Eric right but karate it's always been the same thing and that's that's the whole, that's the whole thing was there groundwork so that's that's the goju we're, we're very lucky in goju goju has its grappling and it always has had goju has never been a stand-up karate was never a stand-up bar right there was goju the grappling happening if you look at the conga ken which is a, an iron ring yes uh, it's a hawaiian grappling yes now Miyagi had that so where, where did he get that he was teaching in Hawaii so my favourite story about Goju is Goju was demonstrated in Japan by two of Miyagi's students and the people said to them that was great what's that and they're like I don't know what is it so they went back to Miyagi and said what's this called that we do and he said I don't know and he took the name Goju from one of the, the Babishi precepts right breathing. so it had no name it had no boundaries there is no chance in the world that he said right this bit's karate I am grappling and wrestling with the, these guys but it's got if it didn't have a name it was all in so every goju instructor I've ever had we grappled we always did it was a bit agricultural I say <laughs> but we always grappled so when karate was taken to Japan by Funakoshi they wanted to get recognised as an official martial art yes okay? so what happened there was they said well we've got grappling we've got jiu-jitsu judo what are you got uh, so he chopped everything out but also what he was doing with karate was preparing Japanese youth for the war. And it's in his own writings. Yes. And so he used like karate-like techniques and things. They look like karate for a different purpose. For example, shikarachi, you know the box horse stones? Yes, yes, yeah. So we will use that to either drag someone down or to pick them up. Because it's about vertical power. Yes. He used it as a stress position. Put people down there, keep them down there. Keep yes. Them because it hurts and that gets you ready mentally. And so in his own writings, he talks about it more about the the development of the self than the development of the fighter. Now that's been given some very sort of high level uh, moral stance, but actually it was about getting people ready for the military. Well, you see, it's funny you say that because when I teach an arm drag, I teach an arm drag, arm drag dukunda, right, to either a fireman's carry or a high crotch lift. I always say that this is from Kushenko at the end and everyone's going, no, it isn't. And then I do that last bit and they go, it is. And, you know, I do the same, we were, you know, you said today you were teaching about blocking. Yeah. I still teach Sotawaki and Ochuki yeah. in my Kali as part of the arm break, especially on the Gunting series. And everyone's going, but I thought in karate it was to block. And I was like, well, as far as I can guess, I, yeah, you might be able to block, but I'm looking at it and saying, well, if I grab the end of your arm and I do an inner block, the same way as I'm doing it. It's about ingraining movement. So we started the blocking session here today with, yes. with the stare down, with getting people in the face, staring people down. Because that is a block. I'm trying to get you to back off. And I'm doing that by looking into your eyes and trying to terrify you. That's my block. Right. And if I can back you off with that, then that's a block. That is a block. Yeah. And you can only do that with evil intent. And I'm doing it because I don't want to fight. I want you to go away. And I want the highest skill is that I don't tell you to fuck off. I can make you go away. The Jedi mind tricks, man. Yeah. It, it, it is, <laughs> again, this is like straight out of my uh, anti-bullying program with kids. It's like, they come training, three weeks later, the parents are like, oh, they don't get bullied at school anymore. What, what you know, because I always do this on a handshake yeah. thing with the children. And I'm like, if the guy gets into your grill, punch him in the throat. 
And I said, but don't tell your mum and dad that. And if you teach her, just say that you did it by accident. And they were like, but, but why? And I went, I don't want you to punch them in the throat, but I want you to be prepared. But will they know? And I'm like, trust me, yeah. they'll know. And so it's the highest form. One of the questions today on the course, actually, someone said, well, should, when we're doing this, because we started by a stare down and then just to push away and make sure that they move and you don't. Yes. Because that isn't the message if you go flying backwards. Yeah. So one of the questions was, should you, should you be swearing at them and stuff at this point? And, and, and I, it's a personal choice. Me, no. I don't want to say a no. word. Because what I want to do, because I think all that works, but one of the you know, if you've got a southern accent, swearing doesn't work anyway. You can only swear if you're from Glasgow or Belfast, can't yeah. you? <laughs> Maybe Liverpool. Otherwise, yeah. don't bother. But actually, the bright skill is to make them go away by the way you look at them, like by your deportment, by your, the way you look. Yes. You, well, you, that needs training too. Yeah, well, you see, this is the thing. It's like when myself and Al Peaseland used to do... Uh, we, we used to always have like a couple of reality... There'd be reality portions in our training, which I never really liked, to tell you nothing but the truth. You know, I, yeah, my, I have a completely different mindset to that sort of reality-based training, which is I want you to train like you can go up against GSP. So if you, if you train with the intent... Bear in mind, I'm not in great shape and I'm 48 years of age. But if I got into a fight with GSP, he wouldn't knock me out in the first round. So that means that I'm basing that on my over-dependency on the fact that I've got a very, very frail psyche, which most of us have when we go into martial arts. So I'm like, right, I need a bazooka to swat a fly. So I'm going to train to the level that I can handle this guy. So everyone else, not a problem. And everyone's like, but you're not addressing the problem. And I'm, I'm like, wait a minute, we are sometimes natural predators well we are natural predators is whether or not we act on it as you were saying about the deportment the way you carry yourself that will put you would be the worst mugger in the world if everybody you started a fight on fought back right mm. that, that, and that's one thing people when you say that to people it's like wow you're like Yoda and you're like <laughs> no I'm not you know if I can't beat up this skaghead right bear in mind if he's armed it's a different matter right but if this guy's just shaking me down for a few quid, he wasn't up at half five this morning swinging kettlebells. I was. You know, I'm sorry, but I should be able to beat this guy up, you know? Uh, I don't know what your views on this, so I'd like to hear them, but on the reality-based side of things, I, I, I really think we devalued ourselves for a long time because we were preparing for war, supposedly, but I don't think we were, do you? No, I don't. Uh, and I think one of the issues with reality based again I, I have no issue with it I, I think it's great it does imply that what I do is not reality based which I have a slight issue with Yeah. but what it is is about teaching it and, and this is what I'm not convinced I'm seeing I know the guys at the top can do it I have no doubt about that I see the guys around they look good to me but what I have is a system that was passed on to me to pass on what I do and I don't know and this could just be my ignorance, I'm happy with that. I don't know how you pass it on because it looks like it's a series of techniques or we have got our system that, that we, and the grading system, of course, which yes. means I know how hard I can hit someone. It means I know when I can take them down. It means I've got an idea. But even teaching here, I don't know. I hit a couple of people here today and, and the look I got was... Hey, have you, have you noticed that one? You're like, God almighty, this, I've made this guy have the worst day ever. Yeah, and, and my, my fist sunk into my wrist. I think I'm not doing that again. No. And that's a function of, of, of the greatest. Now, remember this, an early lesson in this. Um, we did a tournament back in the day and Kim was a referee. And uh, our opponents had red silk suits on. Which is always a that's a red rag. So anyway, yeah. so I, 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 hit, I did a high kick and hit this guy in the head and only, Kim only gave me a half a point for it. So 
if you've hit him in the head, there's only one other way you can get the full point. So I knocked him out. Yeah. And then all the crowd and everything's booing and his mum was there. And anyway, it turns out he's a yellow belt and I was a second down or something. But wow. I didn't know because he's not wearing the grade. So all the stuff like our grades that got, you know, really sort of put down, denigrated and all, they serve a function. And we've got a clear stepping way of, of building people up. Now, I don't know if that exists in... in no, no, it, no, it doesn't. But what I'm not seeing is the, is the students coming through at that level of skill. And, <laughs> and I don't know why that is. And I think at some point, the leading, the luminaries of that genre need to look at that. Well, do you know what? First of all... It, That's no criticism of no, them, No, 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 yeah, no. You've hit something which I actually feel really passionate about. It's because uh, I know exactly what you're saying. First of all, I think the people that get that get attracted to like this Swiss army knife type martial arts, which yeah. is, you know, the one size fits all. They don't want, they don't want to do the investment on the top. How do I move like you? Well, you move like me a lot until yeah. you move like me. Yeah, but I haven't got time for that. Right. Okay. And then I'm saying, right, I think where you need to be then is going do a bungee jump and do a white collar boxing match. Cause that's what you really want. Mm. You don't really want <laughs> what I'm going to yeah. give you yeah, because you want a means to an end, whereas I'm giving you an ongoing process. Yeah, we used to have this, uh, especially in the JKD world a few years ago, it used to be really funny, which was like, uh, yeah, you're a jack of all trades, you're master of none, and I'm like, right, okay. Yeah, I, yeah me personally. It was like, you're no good at jiu-jitsu, right, okay, I'll take up jiu-jitsu and I'll win the British Open. Yeah. And then it's like, yeah, but you're still no good. All right, I'll go and win it again. And yeah, and, and that's, again, it was like you were saying, you know, Master Kim, it's like, yeah, you tell me I can't do something, I'm gonna I'm gonna do it. Yeah. That that's that's a given. But with JKD it was like, yeah, but you do all of that fancy stuff and I'm like, on a seminar you'll see me do that. Come and train with me. You will do tie pads, you will box yeah. and you will work out. It, uh, I I will give you a foundation. A lot of the cool stuff you'll see will never ever work. That is a party trick. So this is this is interesting point. I talked to someone about this today actually, because I, I I don't teach a lot of seminar stuff. I don't I'll do this for Tony and the yeah. situation. To do that, it's good to meet a few people, but I don't do a lot of it. And, and, and it reminds me of a story I was telling today because I was, I was doing the seminar somewhere in I don't know, Birmingham or something. And I was driving back about one in the morning, stopped off at the service station, and bumped into Bob Bring. Right. In there, so we were on a cup of tea, and I was saying to him, I said, it's just a bit shit, isn't it? And he said, Do you know what it is? And this stuck with me. He said, Do you know what it is? He said, What, what you have to do on a seminar, what we're giving them is sweets. He said, it's what you do in the dojo. And that's nothing much for that fact, Bob, because he started crying. All his terminology is still... It's always still, a dojo. Bump, bounce, yeah. and off crying. But, so what you give them day and day, that's your vegetables. In the dojo, you give them vegetables. On the seminars, they get sweets. So you've got these people now that just do seminars, and it's just sweets. Because the stuff isn't going to work unless you invest the time to train it. So on the seminars, it's sweets. And what you give your own kids is vegetables. But it, it's, it's... so right. It, it, it's 100% right. It's like... Um, for a long time there, there was all this stuff. I'm going to teach you the soft skills, and like, I used to like that because it was, you know. Uh, I remember Al Pizan came up to me, and bear in mind, Al Pizan's at that, but Al, Al was an awesome martial artist anyway, and he is like Al's still like pure karateka. Like you know, he's you know he's an instructor with Rick Faze and instructor with Terry Barnett as well. But you know, he, he's a six down under Peter and Jeff Thompson. Mm. You know, so he's he's a real McCoy. And Al used to say, you know, I'll teach soft skills, and I went. Out. If we start going down that route, we're going to be taking out adverts to how to attract girls. Like you remember the back of Combat magazine when yeah, they used to have yes, those, yes, those yes, pictures yes. there, right? And I said, we can't teach people that because that's like trying to teach people charisma. If I, you know, I I can teach somebody social skills in martial arts over five years. So this is a very good example picked up on just to what I was saying in that we have a system and it's goju for a reason. It's not jugo. It's goju. 
You know, yeah. Go means hard. Ju is the same soft as in jiu-jitsu and judo. So it's hard, then soft. And that in itself is a message about how you train. And that's why our second dan, our second level is a 30-man fight. Once you get through that, if you get through that, that's when you get the black D, by the way. Yeah. Get through that, then you can learn the other stuff because you're, you're a hard guy then. You've, you've proven yourself. Then you can teach people the soft stuff because if you're working on the raw stuff, to put you, say, say I put you on a wrist lock and take you out, that's actually me you do, doing you a favor. Yeah. Uh, but I can only do that if I know I can knock you out. Do, do, this, again, it's saying about the anti-bullying thing with the child. I'm, I'm, I want you to punch that kid in the throat, but I don't want you to. I want you to have the ability to the point that that other kid goes, do you know what, I just don't want any of this. Yeah. And you know, all right, there's, there, there'll be some liberal out there somewhere going, yeah, but that child will go and hit somebody else. Not my problem. Right now, I'm in this business to look after this character. I'm empowering this person. You know, again, I'm not Bono. I don't want to change the whole world. I want to change one person at a time. And if they're my friends first, yeah, it's, it's, I've always said this. Yeah, I, 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 whereas at my, my kids' school now, my boys feel like I was telling them that they should let the children fight. The boys should fight. 100%. You know, because I see with, uh, with, the, with the, the guys I've got that have never had a fight, get to about green belt, starting to get a little bit of skill, they get a bit punchy because they've never done it. You're supposed to sort of mammals fight. It's not yeah. just the humans, little mammals fight. Yeah. That's how we find our place in the world. And boys are supposed to fight. Well, you know, this is, I, you know, I've often, my wife always says to me, if it was up to you, the world would be just like Lord of the Flies. And I'm like, yeah, too right. The, because, world, is, the world is like Yeah, my wife, my wife doesn't see it that way. But it's, it is the truth. It's like, you, when this established hierarchy, uh, and uh, this is going to get me on something that kills me, uh, you know, the participation medal, the, you know, oh, you didn't do too badly, you know, at least you had a go. I'm telling you, right, I had, I won the British Open, and then I lost in the nogi. I gave away a really dear friend of mine. Uh, I, gave, I gave my silver medal away to his son, Nigel Sampernas Davison. I'll give him a shout out there. I gave, I gave my silver medal to his son, Lockie. And Lockie was like, but you got silver. And I went, the Germans got silver in the last war. And he started laughing. And he was like, really? And I went, it's all about winning. But that, that's, that's exactly true. Because what we have is we've always had this particip participation medal up to a point. And that point is if you made third, so we've had it, and that was our line. That yeah. is a participation yeah. medal. You're but, right. But we had it, and we had a line beyond which. So you get first, right? You get second and third, close, and the rest don't get anything. You didn't. You didn't turn up. And it, it, I still believe that competition is good for you. The, the best way that I've seen, you know, uh, martial arts ever explained is they said it should be like your instructor should be like a benevolent dictator. So he builds you yeah. up to a point. But it doesn't give you enough, you know, it's that whole, well, I'm going to do my own thing. And you're like, really? You know that's called anarchy, don't you? You know that's chaos, don't you? And it's, I would just like your thoughts on this. Uh, when you're teaching, have you found that people do like to be told what to do, if it makes sense? Yeah, absolutely. What, what martial arts is, and, and I don't even teach kids. Um, right. teach, I don't teach children. I don't think it's appropriate for me. But that's not against people that do. Yeah. I think it's great. Even people in my club could. Yeah. But personally, I don't. But what the martial arts give you as a young teenager is, is a gang worth belonging to because they need it. Young men need discipline. It's, they just need it. And, and if we won't give it to them, then the bad guys will. And that's what gangs are. <laughs> you know, they will take their right of passage and right of manhood from them rather than us. So, yeah, people absolutely need it. And that's, that's one of the beauties of martial arts is that we have 
like Big Neil, for example, you know, I can't remember, he's six foot six, I think. Yes. You know, he's 22 stone. And and, standing, and and this is the reason for the geese as well, by the way, one of the reasons. So he's standing there dressed in ill-fitting clothes and a white belt next to one of our other guys who was a name at Lloyd's. Now, I don't even know what that means, but I know it means he's got a lot of I, He's money. got a ton of money. Yeah, that's all I know. A it name means. at Lloyd's is something He's else. wearing the same stupid looking clothes, a white belt, and then beaten down to nothing before they will speak to them, before they can have anything. They've stripped of all of that. He's stripped of all of that. And you're dressed out and you're there and you're told to shut up and you do what you're told. And if you don't like it, you can go. Well, you know, this is the thing, because I have quite a lot of success with children who have uh, supposed behavioural issues, anger issues. And, uh, yeah, this is my A-level in psychology coming out here. With me, it's, this isn't a debate. I'm in charge. You're not. And then the parents are like, they'll do anything for you. And I said, yeah, but they see you as an equal. There's a hierarchy here. Always to say, I'm not better than you, I've just been doing it longer. Mm. You were going to say something? You know, I also have a psychology background, and uh, you know, imagine saying to you, you've got anger issues. Mm. How annoying is that? No, I haven't. I'm angry. <laughs> That's different. Yeah. No, well, I'm angry. Yeah. And I, uh, why? It's not anger issues. The kids are angry. Yeah. But you see, the, the, uh, are, they, are they angry because uh, are, they just, are they just pissed off with life? Uh, do they not know how to... Uh, externalise that rage well, it, you know, to, to, to sort of put it back in the frame that we're trying to talk about yeah. it's obviously a big topic as own, yeah. right? but actually structure is a lot of the problem Yeah. and what a martial arts is is structure and, and they like to know who's above them and what to do and they like competition they thrive on it and what we're doing is robbing the kids of all that stuff yeah. and, and this is something that we've continued in DKK is we're quite a hard known as to be a hard organisation the training is tough now I train the way I was trained. Now, I talk to people like that, always saying, that, oh, yeah, it was tough in our day. And I'm like, okay, so why aren't you doing that then? Why, why are you, if you're this, if you think you're decent and you're good, yeah. why are you robbing your students of what got you to your level? What are you playing at? That's exactly right. We'll, we'll get guys coming to train with us who could not, in like five lifetimes, look fluid. But between their ears, every single one of those guys are what I would call a real karateka because the resilience that they give them and it's like the tough yeah it's a you know tough times don't last tough people do and it is the truth and mm. karate has still for me it's the one art that I'll always say you know if you're yeah. doing it correctly you know you do it you do the one two step sparring you do all the kata you you know you hit the makuwara you know, and again, a lot of people don't like the destruction of the Makiwaro training. And I'm like, sorry that you don't get to debate on this. You know, the, back in the day, going around the dojo doing the ducky walks. Yeah, that's why I still do loads of press-ups because hmm. I don't want to do those. Monies don't work. And monies were all right at the time. But yeah. I knew that in long term that they weren't going to be good. Well, you know, we've got, we've got to, uh, you know, to me traditional, because I believe I'm a traditional karate yeah. man. And traditional is function. What they sought was was effectiveness. That's tradition. Yeah. You know, tradition isn't doing what someone did a hundred years ago. That's not tradition. That's being stupid. And if we've learned that, you know, duck walks are bad things, we shouldn't do them. That yeah. isn't the point. Yeah. What they were seeking was trying to be fit, strong, and fight. And that's what we're duty bound to do. See, I don't even consider myself. Having said that, I don't consider myself a goji man. I've said this to my students. I don't consider myself a karate man. I don't consider myself a goji man. If I came to this seminar today and I saw something better than I'm doing, I would do it. Yeah. And I would come in on Monday morning and say, listen, I'm doing this now. You can come with me or not, but that's what I'm training in. I'm not saying Goju is, is you know, there are other ways to do it. There are absolutely yeah. other ways to do it, but I understand this one. 
I know this one and most importantly I can pass it on I can reproduce it with people time and time and time again well, that was that was me with Carly you know the first time I saw Danny Nosanto move I was like wow that's awesome I'd love to be able to do that and you know once I got my head around the functionality part and I'm not saying I'd go up against anyone but what I'm saying is that I, you know what I do for six hours a week doesn't define me as a person right but I don't make fighters I make functional members of society you know that's we, we have this tagline which is we create better more functional human beings for a better more functional world that and there's no there's no mention of martial arts in it it's mm. it's the sounds really cliched and every now and again when I hear myself say it I want to punch myself in the face because it, it's very very American and very very cliched but I do believe in it you know yeah. we, we it's a vehicle for personal development nothing more nothing less it is and the, you know the self defence and the fight stuff it's all that might be the reason you start but it's not the reason you keep going you can teach someone to fight in six weeks yeah definitely you don't need 40 years of it Nah. so we're not doing that this is what makes it an art because when you say why are you training and you cannot verbalise it that, that's why it's an art because it's internal you're training for something for your soul yeah it, 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 I just feel better when I do yeah, it yeah you're training for your soul it's nothing to do with fighting fighting's a vehicle by which we find enlightenment if we want to go and take that <laughs> kind of thing exactly that and I'm, yeah, I'm still working on that and we're going to wrap up on one thing right first of all the, you've got to tell me the t-shirt says yeah. Uh, does it say better to be a wolf of Odin than a lamb of God? Yes. I, yeah. I, I, that was the first thing I saw today. What, yeah. yeah. And you got, you got, you got, is it Melonje? How do you pronounce that? Yeah, Melonje. Melonje. Around my neck. Yeah. Now, this is uh, quite interesting. Up in the north of Ireland, North Limeradio stuff. Now, yeah. We, there's a, 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 the Christianity up there is, is quite interlaced with paganism to quite a high degree. And I didn't even realise this until I, sort of came down south and actually when my boy Tiger was born about 14 years ago I went to church because I wanted him to I wanted them to have to push against something you're much better off pushing against something than not doing anything exactly so, you know, and I think Christianity is quite a childish religion I don't want to offend anyone but no, I'm with you but it's black and white good and bad God and the devil say you're sorry etc etc so, yeah, all, all could, those guys in the Middle East with English names as well like you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Peter, John, Andrew yeah, yeah. you know and then the other so, end is kind of, for me you can put the religions on a continuum you've got Christianity that's quite childish and on the other end you've got like Buddhism where you know you're responsible for your actions even in the next life being dead doesn't get you out of it yeah. anyway so um, for me paganism works my god is in the my god's in the rivers in the mountains in the trees that's, that's where my god is and, and having a multi-theism now I've, I've got Thor's hammer around my neck but no it's not that I believe there's a man riding on a chariot up in the clouds but what Christianity do they took God and they condensed him into one person yes that's got a problem because when we walk to the cage I want Thor on my side I want I want to talk to that's him that I'm talking to not the same God that I'm talking to when my baby is sick yes and they're, and they're Christianity because they removed the goddess and so they had to put Mary in to try and yes. bring the goddess back in um, and so having a multiple gods allows you to talk to those different things so for me when I want when I'm fighting I want Thor on my side I don't want Jesus I want Thor <laughs> well do you know what I, I got into trouble in America so there was a you know the t-shirt Jesus didn't tap and I said, well, I saw him tap to a crucifix once and everybody went crazy. But yeah, do you know what? Now that is the one. Now, just one last story, actually, because this ties very strongly to martial arts for me. 
Um, and I read this book. I don't even know what the book was. It was a novel. It wasn't a religious book. But they've got this Irish priest escaping over the mountains. I think he might have been taken hostage. But he's got this criminal with him. And they're going over the Alps. And the criminal says to the little Irish priest, he says, I don't believe in God. And he says, all right. He says, tell me about this God you don't believe in. He says, what do you mean? He goes, well, tell me about it. He goes, well, I don't believe there's like an old man on a, sitting on a cloud with a beard. And he goes, all right. I don't believe in him either. And that just said it all for me. When you say you don't think martial art works or karate works, right, tell me about this karate. Okay, karate doesn't work. Tell me about that. What, my headbutt doesn't work on my bite. Which bit is it you don't yes. think works? But it's a poke in the eye works on everything, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly so. So I, tell me about this thing you don't believe do, in. Do you know what, Gavin, I'm going to have to get you back because as always, as soon as we're wrapping up, we get to hit something really, really good. But I'll tell you something. As you were saying, I want Phil on my side, but do you know what? I want to make sure that Guy is in one piece as well. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Thanks a lot, brother. Thank you very much. Thanks for taking the time to listen today. You can listen to more shows like this on MixedMartialArts.com. Mixed Martial Arts is an abrupt audio production. Today's show was produced by Luke Berry. You know, God loves us all. Oh, he doesn't do that. Oh, he moves in mysterious ways. Yeah, imagine trying to pull that line on your wife. Wow.